It's Wednesday, and thank you for coming back for another minute of the Airport Minute, where each and every day we talk about the greatest disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures Airport. My name is Jim O'Kane. I am one of your hosts of TVDads.com. And I'm co-host Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And uh, once again, we have writer, actor, podcaster Brett Stillo with us. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Up and coming podcaster. Uh, please, please listen to my flying wing testimonials over on Indiana Jones Minute. I can highly recommend. Thanks. It. And also uh, check out the uh, uh, check out the Big Trouble in Little China uh, web uh, podcast that's already out. It should be out by the time yeah. this is playing. So uh, check them. You want to give the uh, website yeah. and we five can, minutes uh, of trouble. That's probably the easiest way to just that's our title and it's you know five double. I think we've we've. Uh, cornered everything five minutes of trouble dot com dot neck dot tv dot 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 this dot that so yeah five minutes of trouble they'll they'll track you down but yes please do because it's it's going to be a great uh up and coming uh podcast to listen to so right if you listen to this go right over there for five minutes of trouble uh right now speaking of trouble we are in we are in the middle of uh joe patroni getting everybody out of the bus of that wonderfully warm probably full of coffee and those little triangular sandwiches with a crust cut off uh, uh crew bus of people that are supposed to be out shoveling snow and getting that 707 off the tail end of uh, runway 29er. Uh, Joe's going to town uh, yelling at people. and uh, God damn it, get seems, out of the bus. He seems to be uh, bang, banging them out pretty good. So we're going we're gonna to leave Joe there to his uh, snow shoveling management skills. And uh, after, they're, after they're digging away, we go back to a nice establishing shot that we haven't seen since uh, Universal Presents Airport. The inside of Terminal 1 at uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport, which is a lot different nowadays than it used to be. Mark, you were just there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can say that that uh, uh, upper concourse is still there, although it, it looks completely different. Uh, and uh, the bottom is all like high-priced uh, stores. But uh, otherwise, yeah. you know, hey, I, I was channeling uh, Bert uh, Lancaster when I was walking around there talking to my Did staff. you have your... Did you have your tux on? Uh, no, I don't. I don't travel in a tux anymore. It's just oh. you know, it's just it's not it's not convenient. <laughs> so uh, I guess all those people there were being told that uh, you know if they showed up on Thursday they'd be in a a great big Hollywood movie. So please wear your uh, wear your Sunday best, and we'll stick you in the uh, airport movie. So then we we jump from the location shots of Minneapolis, and we are back in the fabulous. Uh, Gate 33 set, which includes a fully, uh, uh, you know, full full scale 707 parked <laughs> on the one end of the studio, uh, in in between the studio, in in between the uh, the 707 and the gate, they are dropping piles of snow and lighting it, and then up the jetway, you see every actor that's in the movie uh, lined up for Gate 33, where they are announcing that uh, they are going to uh, have to pause until. Uh, 11 o'clock at night because they are uh, unable to get everybody in with all the snow falling. I, so, uh, I have a question. Is this the first time we hear the name the Golden Argosy? I think we've seen it in the background on signs, but yeah, I think this is the first time. Oh, no, actually, we've heard it before when uh, a dear old uh, Inez was calling in okay. uh, to find out about you know, the flight. Uh, and actually, when we are first introduced to D.O., uh, the transglobal lady is telling her telling him that flight three right. the golden argosy will depart on Do- or flight donald two, so. o guerrero <laughs> yeah uh, 
Well, I'm glad you mother... answered that question, Jim. I didn't have a clue. Oh, we, <laughs> we watched the same movie. I'm never sure why you're not seeing the details. But it's, uh, yeah, he uh, they, they've announced it earlier. And uh, it, yeah, so apparently it's just it's just delaying long enough so that Inez may just get there in time to uh, find out about all this, you know, to, to stop the stop the plane. And well, we'll see. All those people are just milling about and saying rhubarb, rhubarb. Well, uh, they they tell everybody that it's there's a delay, and we're seeing Skyler and his mom and dad uh, checking in. Skyler knows everything about everything, or he claims to know everything about everything. Uh, that actor right there is uh, perhaps best known as the uh, assistant to uh, Zira and Cornelius from uh, Planet of the Apes. He was a young ape. Yeah. Lou Wagner, right? Lou Wagner, that's right. Yeah, he's still still with us somewhere. If Lou, hopefully you'll come on the show sometime and talk about your experience here. Uh, it's a great, it's almost a Hanna-Barbera character that he seems to be playing. He's kind of a male Velma. Yeah. I think uh, very, uh, it, it's, it, these are tough roles to play. I think, you know, it's a stereotypical role, but just trying to present that almost in a uh, vaudeville style, he really does a, a good job. And is that Mitt Romney as the bus driver? <laughs> no. If you look at uh, second twenty nine, oh, I was thinking it looks like Rod Taylor. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's actually, yeah. I believe he's still with us. That's veteran character actor and voiceover act- artist Michael Bell. Michael Bell, okay. Who's uh, he's, he? He actually did yeah. do a lot of work with Hanna Barbera and you know a lot of sitcom work. He was also a dancer. I, I, for some reason, I always think of Michael Bell in a in a very bittersweet episode of Three's Company. Uh, hmm. Where uh, I forget Joyce DeWitt's character, but yeah, he told her he she had a lot of talent, and he had a part for her in his new show, if she'd sleep with him. Ooh, yeah, yeah, but that's that's Michael Bell, um, um, and I I can think of a lot of you know a lot of movies, you know, I, I'll I'll bet you I'll hear a commercial sometime this week with Michael Bell mm-hmm. Bell's voice. Well, yeah, and I noticed he's wearing. Uh, gosh, I had one of those. I, I had a watch like that that had it was a leather wristband and the and it had these two uh, buttons that mm-hmm. were holding. I remember holding, people having those. Yeah, yeah. I actually it was a Snoopy watch that I had at the time. Oh, nice. Um, and then uh, we get our first uh, view, well, our second view of uh, Marcus Rathbone, who's sitting next to Mister Guerrero. Mm-hmm. He's just annoyed at the world, and uh, he's just you know annoyed that they they haven't found a way to stop snowing, and they they or they they shouldn't have brought him out on the highway. Why are they doing all these things to him? You can see Janice Hansen directly She's behind She's the hot him. nun. Yeah, the hot nun. <laughs> Janice Hansen, otherwise known as uh, Felix Hansen. And then Rathbone actually pushes that kid. Uh, yeah. Which, if you've yeah, ever little, had the back power. of your seat kicked, I can understand. But still, I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many takes that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah come here, yeah. kid. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's the one, to me, the most inaccurate thing about this movie? That Rathbone picks on a little kid and his Italian mother and grandmother don't tear his head off. Yeah. You know. that, that's true. Yeah. Bob, what are you doing to my boy? It should have been. The long knife should have come out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Been... <laughs> Dead horse's uh, head in his bed the next day. <laughs> uh, it, it's odd. And the, the nuns are kind of just watching on. And uh, I think uh, poor Dio is having a headache because he has that spotlight shining directly in his face. <laughs> a rather, uh, I, I don't like the lighting in the scene, but I know that you know it's kind of hard to come up with uh, realistic lighting for this thing. But they try, and that uh, that Italian mom is dressed like she's just stepping off the boat from Ellis Island. It's uh, she's she's got the uh, the the full veil, and and 
I don't know, maybe it's, yeah, well, I guess they're going to Rome, they're just trying to show you this is a typical uh, Italian woman that would be heading back. Well, she lost her husband at Anzio, so uh, she's still in mourning. When she was four? I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's, uh, they never, and they, those Italians, they never forget. And the kid way in the back, there's, there's a, a nice, you know, central casting kid, and he's got a hat with a, with a band on it to hold it on his head. He's got like uh, ear flaps and everything, just a regular... Uh, Gosh, it's like something out of uh, Christmas Story. I was, yeah, I was just gonna say it's like it's Ralph here. One of his friends would have worn that hat. Exactly. It, it's just it's beautiful seeing all the old uh, fedoras, all those fedoras. If I remember correctly, though, by 1970, fedoras were really becoming a thing of the past. I don't. My dad wore a trilby or a fedora until about maybe the mid to late 60s. But by 1970, I think. It wasn't a that, that wasn't the kind of thing people wore back then. But again, this is as we've been talking before. This is kind of a 1940s movie that's set in 1970. Right. Yeah, and again, its its target audience are you know people who probably talk about what's what's the matter with men's fashions. Yeah, I went to yeah, yeah I went to my haberdasher yeah. yesterday, and his his supply this season is just just poor. I don't know what to do, and it's. Now that's yeah. a word you don't hear very often, haberdasher. Haberdasher, and that's why because you. Yeah, so this is this is the end of the the era. Right. Uh, the the yeah. millennials are going. What's that? It, it's the men's warehouse of its day. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's just it, it again. Once more, more of the uh, more of the lost world. Um, but you know, this was all shorthand in movies of this. You know, you see this person dressed like that. This is what they do. Right. This is They're who they are. Wealthy there, you know. And and even things like the way you know the way the particular fedora is deformed. You know, the way that the, if it's a if it's a, like a pork pie top or if it's the, the flattened off Stetson look, that all signified who you were yeah. and where you were in society. So um, anyway, an interesting yeah. point. But fortunately for, uh, for poor Dom Guerrero, he, uh, <laughs> he didn't blow up. Yeah. And so he gets to breathe a sigh of relief, which is kind of strange because he's about to try and kill himself. <laughs> so. well, you got to stay and healthy it, until then. Yeah. And, and then you're in uh, um, uh, the concourse for minute, uh, for second 50. And uh, that, that I'm, I apologize. That's probably my my mother calling to check up on me. She missed her flight. <laughs> She'll be on a. You can pick that up. We'll we'll just pause for a moment. And you can... Talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that what you, when you brought up the hats because Dio Guerrero's hat. Something about that hat just unsettled me. There's something about that that hat on Van Heflin. It's like maybe that's what Lloyd Nolan picked up on. It's like yeah, I don't yeah, know. If I was going with uh, Crazy Guggenheim. That just it just mm. kind of kicked me off on that. I don't maybe that's the the hat of a crazy person. Yeah, I think it's, it is kind of the hat of a crazy person. There's something about the snap of the brim. I think there's you know something I've noticed from like mid-century movies is you know if you have a character with a worn hat, you know he's yeah. he's wearing last year's hat. Oh, is he doing okay? No, he's you know it's kind of you know you want a nice snappy. You know you mentioned trilbies and like you know. Bert's got a great hat. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, but he, you know, he can afford it. Yeah. He's got to keep keep Cindy very happy. So it's uh yeah, it it just does. It's this little bit of dishevelment that he has on his hat. It's kind of rounded off. He hasn't bothered shaping it very much. It's not on his mind to look good for other people. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, the, you're right. The form of the crown. There's 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 something odd about that. Yeah, it almost looks like the way you get a hat before you shape it. That seems yeah. to be where he went with it and it's just he's he's 
not paying attention to the details. He's focused on something else. So, you know, maybe we're just reading the bomb in his briefcase. Exactly. <laughs> oh, there's a bomb. Paul, yeah, <laughs> Polo doesn't know how lucky he is. So, um, but we go back to the, uh, we go back to the location shot yeah. of uh, MSP, and there is a the only guy I've seen in this movie under thirty. I think he's carrying what looks like skiing equipment. He's got ski boots. He's got the uh, ski boot holder. He's carrying poles, a, uh, a ski jacket, and he's got those sideburns that Chester Arthur would have been <laughs> proud of. It's uh, everybody's got some business going on. There's that woman in the foreground to the left eating an ice cream cone and reading a paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that it's February. Awesome. Here's an ice cream cone. Yeah, this is like some weird, you know, Hieronymus Bosch visits the airport thing. There's all these kind of people with their own little hells going on. Look at all those uh, extras. I mean, and that's and, the middle of the night, right? Yeah, and there's these two. There's actually two guys. There's the guy. There's the guy with the Chester Arthur sideburns, and then he's talking to somebody who's wearing. Uh, he's wearing like a turtleneck, and he's he's got two other skis and he's like waving them at him like hey yeah i'm going skiing too so it's a little story that lasts for maybe one and a half seconds <laughs> but what a great little piece of work in that at, uh and at, at second 54 uh, obviously there's a a uh, model car there what did do you know what kind of car that is in the background oh you know like that like a dealership is uh is that like a mach 1 mustang that's beautiful yeah i want that yeah it's uh Wow! Yeah, just a real nice gunmetal gray. And would the owner of that car please call us? Yes. <laughs> Be the first listener to identify that car, and, and, and an autographed Dio Guerrero fedora, or, or some, some, or some, yeah, or some, uh, or some filth from the Guerrero apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they're Jacob Reese Tenement. Um, by the way, there's a woman uh, with the that like looks like an igloo on her head at second fifty three, fifty three and fifty four. We'll see her later while uh, Inez is running through the terminal. So keep an eye out for her. She's kind of like the Where's Waldo of this uh, in terms of background characters, rather right, distinctive yeah. hat. And uh, we 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 see her in other places. It's fascinating to uh, to see. So we watch uh, Gene Seberg with the uh, tickets to Flight 103 marching over. She's looking around and she spots uh, Helen Hayes and uh, John Finlater there uh, waiting waiting for her to come back with the tickets. And what looks like an Oscar in a uh, in a case, just waiting to be delivered somewhere. They've all got their business to go through. And I noticed that uh, two characters that we're going to see later on with uh, with Mr. Coakley and uh, Ada Quonset have not arrived. Watch the seats behind behind her that seem to be, well, it's just there's one person there. But uh, Mark knows that we're going to see two more people there uh, shortly, really? just to see when they appear. And then they'll, they remain glued together, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're gonna. It's it's just interesting to see the setup before this. Uh, just a uh, you know a little bit little bit more background that we do we do these uh, episodes uh, a bit out of order sometimes. So we have kind of premonitions about what's going <laughs> on. There's a guy. You know, it's it's funny when you watch these movies in the the light of the you know the current state of VCRs or where where we've gone to now we can do things digitally where you can just scrub back and forth and notice a whole bunch of people and get a lot more entertainment value uh, from the extras. Uh, I'm noticing the one guy who didn't bother wearing a heavy uh, winter coat and he's he's got a, a suit jacket and a bright orange tie and he kind of looks like Jerry Mathers the last year of Leave It to Beaver when he was like really tall and old 
and he's just gesticulating while he's talking to some other guys that are marching across the uh, the background. I I wonder if in later years when he finally bought a uh, a VHS copy of this thing that he he went through and he goes, now if you watch it at uh, minute uh, 43, uh, 58 seconds in, you can see me. I'm right there. It's uh everybody in this little everybody in this movie has their little uh, drama to play out. Fascinating, fascinating thing seeing uh, seeing MSP back in the day. Um, we are trying a little bit later on in uh, our minutes. We're going to have the uh, general manager, the current general manager, the guy that's the uh, counterpart of Mel Bakersfield, to uh, talk about all the changes. So keep tuned in here. But I think we are just about at the end of. Uh, of, of this particular minute, Brett, you had some thoughts on uh, Mr. Coakley. Oh, you know, I, you know, as I recall, uh, maybe that maybe that'd be good to say for uh, the next one where he's in the close-up. Yeah, yeah so we'll we, have some close-ups. Yeah. So. Okay, well, why don't we uh, why don't we pause here for a little bit? Everybody can come back tomorrow and uh, think about what we've seen and consider the world that's gone by. But we will return tomorrow for uh, episode forty-four. We're really that far into this movie now. Wow. Uh, if you'd like to comment on this particular movie, we'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, we've got several places on social media for you to reach out. On Twitter, we are Airport Minute. On uh, Facebook, we are Airport Minute. There's also the Airport Minute Commanders Club where people get together and chat about these things. Uh, you can also find us at our great big site, airportminute.com, where at the end of every episode you can write in the comment section and people can write back to you and then big fights can ensue and, and nobody's talking to each other, but they're still watching the movie. So that's okay. Well, it's, make sure that you're not missing any episode of the Airport Minute. You can uh, find us on Airport. Uh, you just search for Airport Minute under iTunes, and every day, uh, Monday through Friday, these things will come to you. So uh, please come uh, come back and, uh, if you could, leave a review, a really good star-filled review about how much you like this uh, particular podcast, because that helps us out with people looking for interesting things to uh, listen to. So joining us uh, on on the review site would help us a great deal so let's pick this all up tomorrow thank you for listening to us today we'll see you here for uh, minute 43 on the airport minute until then good day goodbye mr guerrero nice going sweetheart remind me to send a thank you note to mr Boeing.